All right, before we begin our new hour, ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to see, because of course you are, is former Mr. Universe and governor of California, Arnold Schwarzenegger, feeding his donkey Lulu on the Manning cast last night. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. Donkey noise. Was that you? Like that? That's what you're telling me is it's okay to put an ass on TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell. Not really sure what else needs to be said. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> well, uh, welcome. So many lines jump to mind, RC3. That is so well done. Okay, we're back. We got another hour. We're live yeah. from the seaport. We're brought to you by Chase. The group is happy. I'm sad. Let's roll this thing. Uh, last this? night, I apologize for what you all had to sit through last night at MetLife Stadium. Zach Wilson and the Jets hosting the Chargers. And look at Aaron Rodgers getting them psyched up. Get out there, kid, and set the world on fire. Now, when your offense is as bad as the Jets is, the one thing you cannot do, Dominique, is give up big plays on special teams. Oh, they're not very good on the coverage right there. Found a little seam, and then you're not going to catch him. That dude is fast. He's probably faster than RG3, I would guess. Oh, oh, oh here we go. Darius Davis. The Jets have allowed three punt return touchdowns in the last two seasons. The rest of the league has allowed four combined. Not good. Next drive, ARG3. The one thing you can't do is have your best player make big mistakes. Oh, and Garrett Wilson has been great for them this year, but that right there was a huge turning point in the game. With that offense, you can't go down. 14 to nothing and turn the football over. And, and that's what they would do, but not until after Zach Wilson holds the ball in the pocket, Jeff, for what feels like an eternity. Yeah, you know, sitting there for six seconds, just pat the ball around, and then just with one hand hold it. So both could swat that thing out and then pick it back up. Not a great play by Ooh. my man Wilson. And the Jets' defense was so good as they continue to be, but at some point you can't ask them to be perfect. perfect. Austin Eckler takes this in, 17-3 Chargers. The Jets allowed eight sacks in this game last night. They had Zach Wilson drop back and throw the ball something like 400 times. Yeah. Uh, and, then of course, it's Mack who gets Zach. Yeah, he gets a, barely gets a finger on it, causes it enough to be a turnover. Uh, when you play as small margins as the Jets do, you can't have any mistakes, and they made a lot. And the season in which the Jets' offense has been atrocious, this game, this game felt like a new low, and the Chargers celebrate a big win the Jets feeling the frustration, and afterwards, the aftermath. It's been a man, and, and you know it's getting to the point where it's disappointing. You know, I hate coming off the field, looking our defense in the eyes, and, and you know knowing that we got to send them back out there after three and out. You know, them boys are my dogs. They come out and, and ball. They put us in a great position. It's time for us to start returning the favor, man. And, and um, it's it's time. You know, we got to figure it out. See, those are frightening words because this is a team that is four and four, and yet the one biggest concern that the fans of this team had at the beginning was that it may fracture because of a lack of confidence around the quarterback, as it did a year ago. And when you hear the young star saying things like that, I can't even look our defense in the eye as I come off the field. That, that that's right. Those well, are scary. No, those are ominous scary, words. It's scary, but it's better than last year because right. last oh, year yeah. what we were dealing with the reason why the team fractured wasn't because that the deep the offense was so bad. Yeah. It was because the offense was bad and they, we weren't getting quotes like that. Right. We're getting quotes from the quarterback that was saying like, "Oh yeah, not really on me." That's the problem. I think taking responsibility that always goes well in the locker room. You go and you say, "My bad. We'll do better." That'll buy you a couple of weeks, but you're actually gonna have to do better in order to hold this team together for the rest of the season. Yeah, well, the, the, the more 
margin for error is so minimal. When your best player, you know, this was not a Zach Wilson loss. Like, everybody's going to bring on the table. They asked him to throw the ball 57 times, right? And I know the game got skewed at the end, and it always does. But come on, man. Like, you have Reese Hall back in the back. Look at P- Pittsburgh's been outgained eight games. Every game they've been outgained by about 100 yards. They find ways to win. They don't find it by asking Kenny Pickett to go throw it 60 times, right? Like, Find ways to win. With Zach Wilson, it's not letting him throw it 60 times. you got a guy, Brees Hall. Garrett Wilson can't put the ball on the ground. They can't give up touchdowns. I understand it. This was not a Zach Wilson loss. This was a team implosion offensively, and it was it was tough to watch. Yeah, I agree with both of you. And, Dominique, your point about how last year it was so bad is because you could pinpoint the quarterback is not playing at a very high level. Right. Now, what Zach Wilson can get better at here is not holding the football for so long. You know, we have this graphic of – Zach Wilson holding the football longer than two and a half seconds, completing 48% of his passes, and gave up eight sacks. Six of those eight sacks, he actually held the ball for longer than four seconds. But anytime he throws it it under two and a half, he's completing 91% of his passes. So I, I look at this, Jeff, you talked about the running game. This is not a team that you want to have to throw the football 57 times. Right. Right? But they also can't run the football. They also can't protect. They had backs, <laughs> tight ends, yeah, everybody. They That's they right. had, everybody in the mama was yeah, in the pocket trying to, to protect, protect. Trying to did. max protect Zach Wilson. They, they couldn't do it. So it. what I would say schematically can't for Nathaniel yeah. Hackett. Can't protect. It's <laughs> a lot. It's a lot, and, right? Okay. It's a very bad situation. Not a lot left. But they have to use the short passing game to replace their running game. Mm-hmm. If you can't run it and you can't just turn around and give it to Brees Hall 25 times because you just can't run block, use the short passing game and then take those shots down the field. Correct. But as Troy Aikman pointed out on the telecast last night, he kept calling them the layups. He misses those sometimes, Zach Wilson. He does. The Jets, one of their major problems is that the people who are creating their problems have perfect job security, right? (laughs) I mean, Alan Lazard cannot catch. He's not going anywhere. Nathaniel Hackett, major question marks offensive coordinator. He's not going anywhere. Zach Wilson, they, they have not taken any they've not at any point when they could have made a move to bring in some other quarterback right. they could have done it in the offseason they could have done it when Rodgers got hurt they could have done it at the trade deadline I'm watching Joshua Dobbs running around he's never even oh. met his teammates and he's oh. winning games oh. and we're sitting here with this garbage so what I'm trying to say is that the, the, they're not changing the things that are happening right now and that's the frustration you feel as a fan. I, I will say this it seems a bit like we are making excuses for Zach Wilson and no. that's saying they shouldn't put so much pressure on him but I will say this if you can't throw the ball against the Chargers, right. what are you going to do? Like, you're arguing right. that they should have run the ball more. No! The game plan against the Chargers is not run the ball. It, right? It's exploit their weaknesses in their pass coverage. Yes, exactly. And if you cannot exploit the weaknesses, whether it's because you hold on the ball too long, you can't protect, your receivers are fumbling, then that is on you. But you your, we- your weakness as the Jets is protecting the passer. So it's like, it's like which, way, which way are we going to well, go? That's the point. Which way are we going to go? You can't say, we're going to go attack their DB. Oh, well, we can't protect our guy. Like, yeah, like you got you got Well, that, that's the point. As I said earlier, this, this was the movable object right. losing right. to the resistible force. Right. Yes. So right. We figured out which bad is worse. It's it's our bad against your bad, and the Jets' bad wound up being worse than the other bad. So where does that leave us? In trouble. I mean, I like I think it's a team that would like to fast forward to next season with a healthy yeah. Aaron Rodgers and see if they can make this thing work. Unfortunately, you don't have that option. Oh. So what can you do in the meantime? Like it's a you as a coaching staff, this is where 
this is where you earn your money. You get in there and you try and work on solutions. What can we do? What can we lean into? And last night it looked like they designed a game plan to take advantage of the 31st ranked pass defense in the yep. league, and they forgot that they can't pass. Yeah, and lost in all this is just how well the Jets' defense actually did play. Oh, yeah. But we, so we, we've good. always talked about how they have to play beyond perfect to be yes. successful. Justin Herbert did not play very well. He got sacked five times in this game, and the Chargers' defensive line ate the Jets' offensive lineup yeah. for, for breakfast, dinner, and lunch. Yeah. Yep. You're talking about Tui Tui Pelotu had two sacks. Joey Bosa had a, a two and a half sacks or three sacks. Yeah. And then you talk about Khalil Mack going out there and mm-hmm. getting two sacks. So I, I, it's, it was unbelievable that the Chargers in a must-win game for them yeah. showed up. I don't care if it was ju- the Jets' offense. Right. They played their tails off. Yeah. They needed that It, it was interesting for me. The, the, the punt return for a touchdown. I was like, it's a wrap, and you, and you <laughs> should not. You should not feel like that as ever. But but yeah. when they scored, I was like, ooh, it, it, it was. You were right. Yeah, they only got not, six not points. Not happen. Yeah. Like once once so the Chargers had the seven. Jets, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Jets need plays like that to win. Right. If they're going to have those on the other side, they have really no chance. They're going to have to be perfect on defense and special teams and not turn the ball over yep. on offense. They did all that, and yep. they're, they're just not going to win. They're not built to win. They're not talented enough to win in that way offensively. Look, the most depressing thing as a fan, and anyone who watches this show knows that I am, is that I found myself watching that game saying, why would Aaron Rodgers come back to this? Like, I, I believe Oof. he can. Oof. I believe he thinks he's you going to. You were in a to. dark spot. Right? And, and no, I really did. I found, I'm gonna, I'll go to a dark room with him. I, I, I found myself <laughs> thinking, why? If you're watching this, their offensive line can't block anybody. I mean, yeah. literally can't block anybody. Part of that is due to injury. Yeah. And, and, and right. it's, yeah, it's, 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 why would he come back well, to you this? Well, you know, nonsense? he's not going to be holding the ball four seconds. I know that. Yeah, well, yeah. If, Definitely if he does not. Come if he comes back. back. One way or another. He said to Derwin James on the field, I won't play it for you here. I don't want waste the time. But he said on the field to Derwin James after the game, give me a few weeks. I'm telling you right now, he believes he could come back and play this year. He is. Yeah. But, but going to. for the longest time, I thought the Jets are Aaron Rodgers away this season from being a Super Bowl team. Watching last night, I just thought to myself, no, they're not. There are so many other holes. The offensive line is so bad. They're just not. This is a new low for Greeny, man. He's broken. I'm wrong. I I will say this, though. I'm broken. We've seen in Miami and other places where there are deficiencies in the offensive line. There are deficiencies on the team. You find ways to generate. So I don't want to let Nathaniel Hackett off of the hook. No one is letting him off the hook. They have NFL players on that team. Yes, the offensive line is bad. They have an outstanding receiver, a couple of really great running backs, a tight end that can make plays, and a quarterback that has some arm strength and athleticism find a way to make it work like you need to yep. be able to generate some sort of offense better than what they are doing yep. dropping him back in the pocket asking him to be a conventional quarterback that ain't gonna work well listen but that's what i was saying before nathaniel hackett has 100 yeah. percent job security yeah. stephen jones and jonathan Kraft don't have better job security <laughs> than nathaniel hackett does because he's aaron Rodgers' best friend that's all i'm saying he's not getting fired no matter what happens and that is a fact and if i'm nathaniel hackett i had an offensive coordinator once tell me listen our offensive line is not very good. We're going to have to have your clock go from two and a half seconds to two seconds. Right. Now, you, as a coach, you don't always want to tell your guy that, but sure. Zach Wilson has to understand, I cannot sit back here and pat the ball and act like I'm on a picnic. Yeah. Use that athleticism, get up in the pocket. Four he had a seconds. play in the game where he should have ran for a first down. Absolutely. And he flipped it to the back. Oh, Use your legs, brother. Come That's on. when it was still a game. Okay, so we are all losers for having watched that. <laughs> Let's do the other winners and losers from week nine. Jeff, give me a winner from week nine of this NFL season. Josh 
job. Love them. How about this? What a story. This, and by the way, it happened against my Falcons, which is just devastating. But this, the way this kid played, like when you saw him warming up on the sideline, you were like, oh my, this guy got here Tuesday. Like, this is going to be <laughs> trouble. Get, get stripped for a safety or get sacked for a safety, but keeps battling, coming back. You cannot have a better story in football than Josh Dobbs. I love him. Nick, give me a loser this week. Sadly, on the other end of this equation is Bryce Young. He's been there all season, and he threw two pick sixes to Kenny Moore. That's a problem. It's really bad when you see Josh Dobbs pop up and do that, and then Bryce Young is doing this. It's also really bad when you look across the league at the guy who was drafted after you and C.J. Stroud. He's throwing for full 75 touchdowns in league game-winning drives. Got to be sad over there in Carolina right now. RG3, give me a winner. My winner is Lamar Jackson. And the reason I say that is over the past two weeks, he scored one touchdown and the Ravens have scored 68 points. Earlier Mm. in the year, I said that the guys around him needed to step up because he was out there fighting for his fudging life. Uh And guess what? (laughs) They heard it. They stepped up. And when he starts to score touchdowns and this offense really starts getting clicking at a high level, oh, my gosh, the Ravens are super scared. Yeah, they're the best team in the NFL. Graz, give me another loser. Arthur Smith, the Falcons head coach. Look, you're going to draft a running back with the eighth pick. You should probably use him. They, they, get to the, they get the first and goal at the one-yard line. They run four plays, and Bijan Robinson's is not even on the field. Now, I know Arthur Smith has pushed back on this, and he thinks it's silly because it's just fantasy-related and people are complaining. The fact of the matter is you're four and five, and you're not using your best players. I, I just don't understand what the plan is there uh, in Atlanta. He shaved his mustache after the game, so maybe that'll maybe that'll change some things. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you have him on your fantasy team too. Which I don't, salts, it's irrelevant. Salts. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm not. He's on Arthur Smith's real team, and, yeah. Yeah. and they have a worse record than my fantasy team has. So I don't understand. That's good. That's I, I understand his point. I can't decide. He understands mine. Are we more consumed with Arthur Smith's mustache or Robert Sala's beard? Oh, <laughs> but last night, boy, that the was beard. That was something. Beard. Beard. Right. As Don't we continue, well. Dak played great, but it uh, wasn't enough. Are the Cowboys now depending too much on their quarterback when they said they wanted him to do less? We'll talk about it. Plus, how hot is the seat that Bill Belichick mm. is sitting on right now in New England? Something happened yesterday that might suggest his time could be coming. And speaking of the time coming, we're about 45 minutes away from first day coming to you live from Winston-Salem State University at Stephen A's alma mater. Don't miss it. 10 a.m. Eastern here on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it.
Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we are back on Get Up. It's time for today's green list as we are basically halfway through the season. This is my top five list of the most interesting head coaching situations in the league right now. I put them in five different categories. At number five, it saddens me to say it, but it is the reality. I've got Ron Rivera and Matt Eberflus in the same category, which is they're already fired. They just don't know it yet. There's no question both these teams will have new head coaches next season. The writing has been on the war for that one for quite some time. So that's one category. The next category is Brandon Staley. A win last night. I think this is a coach who I can't believe survived what happened to him in the playoffs a year ago. But one way or another, if this team makes the playoffs and wins a playoff game, I think he stays. If not, logic suggests he should be gone. At number three, and Graziano just brought it up, Arthur Smith. I don't understand what he's doing. He's an offensive guru who's got all these magnificent offensive pieces in Drake London and Kyle Pitts and and Bijan Robinson and does not seem to want to use any of them. So there just seems to be a disconnect there. I'll be interested to see what happens. At number two, I'll put Mike McCarthy. Speaking of interested to see what happens, the Cowboys don't make impulsive coaching changes. But Jerry Jones keeps talking about this team like he believes it is a Super Bowl champion. If this team flames out quickly in the playoffs again, will he make a change? And then overwhelmingly, the most interesting one is what happens with Bill Belichick in New England. He is the most accomplished head coach in the history of the National Football League. I don't think any of us could have ever imagined a season like this one. Will there be a change made there? This subject came up at his press conference yesterday. Have you been given any assurances from ownership about your job status for the rest of the season? Yeah, my focus is on getting ready for the Colts. Do you personally believe that you could be coaching for your job this week against the Colts? I'm going to control what I can control. I'm going to get ready for the Colts. Wow. I mean, that's not a moment I think any of us expected to see, but it is. Life comes at you fast. (laughs) I mean, look, I mean. Hold on just a second. Let me just say this, dude. If you're Bill Belichick. And you're sitting at that thing with as as much as you've done, and you have. And I don't know who the reporter is. I'm not trying to d- disparage this guy, but some dude sitting down there just piping this question. You're like, bro, I have forgot more football than you will ever know, and I'm getting challenged by the well, like. How infuriating! Seems, it seems like the last no, couple of years I'm, I'm, he probably just, forgot a little no, too no, much football. No, no. I'm, just, I'm just saying from the intensity of that <laughs> response, like you saw in his face, bro. Like the response that dude. That is not just a typical. That is. Anger, frustration, whatever you think of Bill Belichick, dude. Like, oh, those no. kinds of conversations happening halfway through the season are, are difficult. But it is a perfectly reasonable question. No doubt. Question no, no, no I'm not disparaging him. I'm just saying you could see in the intensity of the response that that goes at him. Danny, no, you made this point recently about you've been there for moments like this in your repertorial career. Walk us through that. I was there when Don Shula was done with the Dolphins. I remember that press conference. I remember mm. when... 
the Yankees were done with Joe Torre, and when the Giants were done with Tom Coughlin, none of those guys got fired, but all those guys got fired. Yeah, <laughs> and right. it's possible that whenever it is, whether it's the end of this season or sometime in the future, that's likely what happens here in New England. Because what happened in New England with Bill Belichick needs to be celebrated, right? Like, like yep. it's, it's Hall of Fame stuff, it's legendary stuff, it's stuff that no one might ever accomplish again. Right. And so I think if they decide to move on at the end of this season, and I think st- things seem to be trending that way, uh, I think that's what it'll look like. But I do not believe, you know, he's coaching for his job in Germany this week. I, I don't think they would do anything during the season. I just feel like he's earned more than that. I don't know. I, I read his face a little differently than you did, Jeff. I thought he looked like a guy that, that thought to himself, yep, I can see why this question's coming. I mean, based on the way we're playing, what our record is, like that's, mm. as a coach, I think you, you sometimes have to answer that kind of question. You mean to tell me you got that from Bill Belichick's <laughs> expressionless face? I thought because he's nodding. I, 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 thought that question. I, I thought it was, was the way he, He's nodding, right? Yeah, like, I, like, yep, I knew I this was I thought it was coming. just the way he answers every question. Well, yeah. that may be, yeah, but, and, and he cultivates that for sure. Well, we disagree that Bill Belichick is the greatest NFL coach of all time. It's the most accomplished for he's sure. He's the most yeah. accomplished for sure. Sure. I think he's earned the right to not just finish the season, but also to fix what the problems that he's actually created. We all know that without Brady, he's 81 to 95 as a head start, as a head coach. But for me, this is a bigger question about the Patriot way. If Bill Belichick gets fired or resigns after this year or in the future, the Patriot way dies with him. Because what we've seen is that players don't respond the same way that they did when he first got into coaching. Yeah. They, they respond to a different type of stimulus. So I want to respect Bill Belichick in the fact that what he has done and what he has brought to this game has changed it forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we've seen his assistants go off and not have that same success. And once he's done in New England... The Patriot way dies with him. Well, no one ever in this league has ever gotten paid for what they accomplished in the past. Everyone gets paid for what you think that they're going to accomplish in the future. The idea that he can fix the problems that, he, that he's created, I, it feels kind of unrealistic to me, given that he hasn't shown that ability over the last several years. I do think that anyone who's suggesting that the Patriots dynasty is more Tom than Bill based on what happened last few years, I think that's a mistake. You have to understand what he's meant to this dynasty. You have to celebrate him for that. And that, I do think, earns him the respect of not getting sent away in season. If they want to move on after the season, he's had enough rough seasons in a row that I think that's fair. I wouldn't do it. I <laughs> but I, I could understand why. Let me ask two incredibly quick questions of you. Understanding that the first one is very obvious, Jeff Saturday. Uh, what team will Vince Lombardi always be remembered for coaching? Yeah, Packers. Uh, do you know where he finished his coaching career? Like, in Washington. Yeah. That's my point. Like, this is not unprecedented. Right. Oh, These yeah. things oh, happen. It, no, absolutely. Players sometimes finish in other places. Coaches finish in other L- places. Let me ask you this, though. If, if you're Robert Kraft and John, if you feel like it's more the roster than the coaching, do you, do you give the power to someone else to deal with the roster and then allow him to stay as nope. the coach? I, I can't so, see it happening. Do you even no. want to do that? Yeah, no, that's you, don't, you don't do that? And if Bill Belichick is out in New England, he should never coach for another team. But I think he will because he, will. he wants to break the wins record. And th- that's where all this gets a little complicated. Do I have time to show the Wimbenyama player? No, Ooh. tell me really quickly. Yes. Let's show it. Win Let's do it. Win Here's the last thing in the world you were expecting to see. Look what happened with Victor Wimbenyama last night, right? He's so tall, he's so great, he's all this, and what's a little bit of. Oh! oh! 
parked at the rim. Oh, me? So you're saying that no matter how tall he is, the rim is still only 10 feet tall? Isaiah Jackson. That the rest of the NBA got a couple years left. Vic start racking up all the championships. I'm ignoring this Maybe he'll grow. Maybe the goal. By the way, in a related story, the Pacers won this game 152 to 111. As we continue, Dak was the best player on the field Sunday, and his team still didn't win. What does that mean? Stephen A. will join us with his answer to that coming up next. But first, let's see if Graziano can answer this. Talking about Dak. Who leads the NFL in touchdown passes since the year Dak Prescott entered the league in 2016? It could be him. The answer is next. Great question. I let the record show I love the question today, and Graziano has a, a, a wry smile like on that. his face. Kind of spent some time thinking this one right. through. We've talked a lot about Dak Prescott. Yeah. He came into the NFL in the year 2016. Since that season, mm-hmm. who leads the league in touchdown passes thrown? Right. So that your names go, your mind goes to the obvious names, but Mahomes wasn't drafted till 17, and he didn't play till 18. And Brady could certainly be the answer. He always could be the answer. He hasn't played this. I'm thinking about a guy that never misses games until unfortunately now and has been a starter the whole time. Dak Prescott, you you know where I'm going. And you and I'm right. Kirk Cousins. That's Kirk right. Cousins. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I can't believe he got that right. I cannot believe you got that right. Kirk Cousins is the correct answer. Throws it like crazy. That made total sense. I am flabbergasted. It is Kirk Cousins by two touchdowns ahead of Tom Brady. And then Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes are right behind him. Mahomes already there. You should autograph that one. That is a miracle. Of of all of the guesses, that is the best one you've ever had. Graz up 30 to 11. Oh, my goodness. It's a steamroll. All right. Let's do the next game. It's called Contender or Pretender Super Bowl Edition. RG3, they wrote this one for me. I can't believe I'm asking it. Yeah. Are the Jets a contender or a pretender? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is a serious question, Uh-oh. but yes, they are, they are pretenders right <laughs> yeah. now. Their defense is contenders. Their special teams at time has been a contender, but offensively, they have not figured it out. They don't know what to do with Zach Wilson or how to get their run game rolling. They can't protect them. Yeah. They can't run it. Yeah. So they are pretenders. Yeah. Pretending very well. They are pretenders, if even that. Uh, Neat. Let's go to the Dolphins. That's an interesting one. Contender or pretender? I hesitate to say this, but I think they're pretenders. Oh. If you're considering yeah. a contender as someone that can get to the Super Bowl at least, we have to imagine that they can beat three really good AFC opponents in a the row. Their defense is getting better, and maybe they'll be contenders by the end of the year, but we have no evidence that they're legitimate AFC contenders at this point. All right, and then Jeff talked a lot about the Cowboys this week. Are they a Super Bowl contender or pretender? They're a contender. I mean, you look at this team, they had every opportunity to beat the Eagles. I know they didn't come through, but this is the team that everybody says is the best in the NFC, whether it's San Fran, Detroit, the Eagles. They're up in the top three or four in the NFC. You get hot at the right time, you have an absolute shot. All right, so we'll see. That's what we think. Let's find out what some other guys think. This is a very special week for our good friends at First Take. For Stephen A. Smith and his buddy Shannon Sharp, they are at their homecoming week. Stephen A. today is at Winston-Salem State University, his alma mater. And look at the scene. Stephen A., we are all excited for you guys. Let me throw the question to the two of you. Are the Cowboys... 
legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Well, first of all, first things first, it's good to be home. It it's is. good to be home, my man. You had that experience yesterday. I'm yes. doing the day. I'm looking forward to it. He's asking a question whether or not the Cowboys are legitimate contenders. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes because when I look at the talent that they have and how competitive they have the potential to be, I can't summarily, summarily dismiss that. I'm looking at their game against the Eagles. They should have won that game. They could have won that game. They didn't. I get it. But in the end, when you look at it, even though I anticipate that the Cowboys will lose, I anticipate <laughs> that they will fold when it really, really counts. I can't escape the fact that with Dak, with this crew that they have, with Gallup, with C.D. Lamb, with Micah Parsons and the crew on the defensive side of the ball, with a guy like Ferguson who's becoming more of a target, I think the Cowboys, and, and you've got to take into account how haphazard the NFC looks. I'd say they got a chance. You should label the Cowboys a contender for now. This is why I disagree with you. When in the last decade have the Cowboys been devoid of talent? We've always said they've had the most talent in the NFL, the mm -hmm. second most drafted Pro Bowl players mm -hmm. since, 20, since 2010. Right. But what do we always do? When it comes time to make it happen, they don't make it happen. Mm -hmm. See, in the Bible, God teaches us, says, look, if you have faith, I'll show you. Well, I'm a man. I'm not in the Bible. You need to show me and I'll have faith. Mm -hmm. When have the Cowboys shown you faith? that you can have faith in them that they can go all the way to the top. Well, it's been almost three decades. Well, the, well, nobody knows that, those numbers better than me. Okay. Ain't wonder, ain't been to the <laughs> NFC Championship game since 1995. But when we're asking the question as to whether or not you're contender, the, stat, the contender status means, do you have a chance? And when you look at this, this conference, think about it. San Francisco has nosedive. Mm -hmm. Seattle just got beat down and bum mm -hmm. rushed by Baltimore, okay? Don't get me started with the NFC South. Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints are, 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 the, are the representatives right now. Or Baker Mayfield. Pick your poison. Mm -hmm. You want to throw Atlanta in there? Go ahead. Be my guest. That's on you. But I will tell you this. Aaron Rodgers is not in Green Bay anymore, and nobody has any love for love at this particular moment in time in Jordan Love. And Minnesota obviously lost Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson has been out. So when you look at all of the things going on, combined with Detroit being bum-rushed by Baltimore a few weeks ago. It's like, damn, wait a minute. It really, really comes down to the Cowboys and the Eagles, and you might throw one of them in the mix. You talk about the teams that got bum-rushed. You look at Seattle. You look at the Lions that got bum-rushed. You look at the 49ers that got bum-rushed. The Cowboys got bum-rushed by the Cardinals. Tell me where the Cardinals are going. You, got, you have confidence in that team. All I'm saying is this. What we've seen from the Cowboys since Dak has get, been there is that every year they have potential. Oh, look at all the talent. They can run the football. They can throw the football. They got, three, they got two guys on the offensive line that are going to be first ballot Hall of Famer, the left tackle and the right guard. And every year they come up short. If you look at the Cowboys this year, when the defense doesn't take the ball away, doesn't get scooping scores, don't get pick sixes, how many games have they won? Not much. Which, means, which is why they won't win the Super Bowl. <laughs> that doesn't mean they're not a contender, but they damn sure ain't winning the Super Bowl. So we agree on that. Greedy, I don't even know why you asked that question. I made the case, but the bottom line is it's not like I expect them to win anything. Back to you, sir. Thank you, guys. Stephen A. and Shannon and Molly and company. They're at Winston-Salem State. A special week that they have worked in there. That's going to be quite the oh. show, and they're coming up live in 24 minutes. Let me throw the question around here. So Jeff says yes. Stephen A. sort of leaning towards yes, and Shannon leaning toward no. Do you see a world in which the Dallas Cowboys are in the Super Bowl this year, Robert? Uh, yeah, I do. And I think we got to stop moving the goalposts on the Dallas Cowboys. How many times every year does the most talented team win the Super Bowl? 
So whether or not the Cowboys have talent or not doesn't really matter. They just have to get it done in those crucial situations. And that's what I want to see from Dak Prescott. Right now, I think he's ranked 25th in the league when it comes to those crucial moments at the end of games in one school games in his passer rating, in his QBR. He's got to improve there. But I, I hate the fact that we keep acting like what Dak did uh, on Sunday was like an anomaly. Though He plays at a very high level. They just need to get it done in those crucial moments. I think when you look at the NFC, there's the 49ers who haven't been playing well recently. If the 49ers return to form, then it's hard to imagine that the Cowboys will be better than the 49ers and the Eagles. I think that they can beat the Eagles. If they catch the Eagles, uh, I mean, in the game that he's played, they were competitive yeah. against the yep. Eagles. They showed that they can beat the Eagles. So there's nobody else in the NFC outside of the 49ers that I see as definitively better than the Cowboys. And the 49ers aren't as good as they were a couple weeks ago. Well, Stephen, I was sort of making that point, that the conference we think is weak, and pointing out how the Lions got beat down in Baltimore and Seattle, right. but they don't have to deal with Baltimore. Right. I and mean, this is about whether the Cowboys right. can exactly. beat those That's teams. Right. If right. the Cowboys played the Lions, I know that we're two months away from this happening, so things can change. But right this minute, if the Cowboys played the Lions on a neutral field, who you got? Yeah, I got the Cowboys. I'd pick the Cowboys. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going Dallas also. Really? Dallas. Yeah, I think I'm. See, that's Dallas. interesting to me because I feel like the physicality—that's what beats them. The yeah. physicality is what beats line. the Cowboys. The lines of yeah. scrimmage—that's what San Francisco. They don't have it on defense. That's the thing. The Lions don't have the defensive line that the Eagles have. I think the Cowboys yeah. will have an ability to score. Maybe the Lions' offensive line, when fully healthy, can neutralize that Dallas defense. I am concerned about that Dallas line. I mean, they just have not been themselves, and, and absolutely in the run game. So, yeah, I, I, that, that's that's the big question, but. Even though it has not been successful experience, Dallas does have more experience in yeah, those kinds right. of games than Detroit does. So I, I might take them in that, in that uh, theoretical matchup. They, yeah. they have to get better in two significant areas. The red zone, they got to figure it out. Correct. And then end-of-game management with Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. Those moments have to got better. to get better if, if, for, for any big game because it's yeah. all going to come down yeah. to the last minute in any, against any of these opponents. And it comes down to the quarterback. Who would you rather have? Would you have, rather have Dak Prescott yep. or Jared? Golf and, and the one thing about the moving those goalposts, if Dak had led the Cowboys to a victory there against the Eagles, everybody the next day would have been like, I want to see it in a playoff yep. game. So we can't treat that game like it was a playoff game. They were competitive. They showed that they can yeah. beat one of the team, best teams in the That's league. That's fair. They lost by inches mm -hmm. and seconds. There you go. Right? That's what it was. It was seconds and inches, but it always seems to be yeah. with them. Okay, quickly, let's run the hurry up here, Graziano. Let's run through a bunch of stuff, and I want quick reactions. Uh, as well, Graziano, what's the latest on Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray apparently going to play this week. Uh, they, they have to activate him from PUP uh, by tomorrow if he's going to be eligible to play at all this year. And, uh, and they plan to do that. Jonathan Gannon, their head coach, said that if all goes well this week, Kyler Murray will start for the Cardinals at quarterback this week. RG3, what do you think of this whole thing? Yeah, I just hope that Kyler Murray is fully healthy, that they're not just throwing him out there because they want to see if he can still be their franchise quarterback. You paid the man uh, $200 million. He should be your franchise QB. Make sure you're taking care of him when he's out there. There's a so much left to come in that story over the course of this season and, more importantly, the next two. Well, let's go to the next topic here. And it's Daniel Jones. What can you tell us, Graziano? Yeah, as expected, Daniel Jones, the MRI showed a torn ACL. His season is over. And obviously the questions now turn to the future for the Giants. The GM, Joe Shane, was at the Washington-USC game uh, on Saturday night, which leads to a lot of speculation based on the Giants' record and the fact that their quarterback is now injured for the rest of the season on whether they would take a quarterback up near the top of the draft. Nick, do you think Daniel
Daniel Jones has taken his last snap as a Giant? Um, yeah, I think he has. Uh, he's in his third year of his contract. Last Next year, I mean, I assume they will not activate the fifth-year option. They'll be at the top of the draft. Daniel Jones? Oh, no, Daniel Jones. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. He's at extension, yep, so he yep, has yep. one more year right. before they can move on because they gave him that short contract. Like, they treat him like a running back. Yeah. If they're at the top of the draft, the way that people are talking about these quarterbacks is not someone that they're going to pass up on. They're going to bring a quarterback in, and Daniel Jones, by the time he's healthy again, this team will probably have been handed over to someone else. That's the point. It seems unlikely he'll be ready to start next season yeah. with a torn ACL in the middle of November. One more, and that's an injury with Jamar Chase. They hurt his back in the game on Sunday night. It, it didn't come out of the game after this, but uh, it is something that the Bengals are monitoring, I'm told, early in this week. There is a chance it would cost him uh, this week's game against Houston, so they'll see how he gets through the week with it. But, uh, yeah, they want to be careful with him, obviously, and, and uh, my understanding is he will oh, in some pain uh, on Monday. And uh, So watch the practice reports throughout mm. the week on Jamar Chase. Get a sense of whether he can play. Well, he goes down hard there. Yeah, and great. A game against Houston suddenly doesn't feel as easy as it once upon a time did. What do you think of this, yeah. Jeff? No, it's, it's a huge injury. You, you don't want this thing lingering. Anytime you talk about backs and landing like that, you want to make sure – Listen, let's be honest. This guy has shown it in playoff games with Joe Burr. He is that dude, right? Like, you you get him the ball, he can make explosive plays, yards after the catch, everything that you want from a one receiver. you got to make sure this guy is healthy for your run. It's a shame that he's facing this. Hopefully he gets back. But, man, you better be, tread lightly with Jamar chasing his mm-hmm. back. All right, as we continue in just a moment, they're treading lightly around Jim Harbaugh right now because something is about to burst in Ann Arbor. Where is this mess going? I'm going to tell you it's coming to a head in the next 36 to 48 hours. We'll explain why and what that means next. Don't miss it. We are back, and this is the most important story in sports right now in Ann Arbor. The Big Ten has formally notified Michigan that it could be facing disciplinary action amidst the sign-stealing scandal Michigan has until tomorrow to respond. Earlier this morning, I asked our insider extraordinaire, Heather Dinich, to run through all the things that you as a fan need to know. Jim Harbaugh could be suspended as soon as this week with Ward Manuel staying back on campus to handle this instead of going to the CFP selection committee for his role there. This indicates that it's on the fast track. Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner, has the authority to impose as many as a two-game suspension and up to $10,000 in a fine. If it's one game, if it's two games, When is it? They play Penn State this week. That's huge. And if the Big Ten goes down this path, I would expect Michigan to push back on it. To be clear, they have three games remaining. I just have their schedule in your head. They play Penn State, then they play Maryland, then they have, of course, the season finale against Ohio State before they could potentially get to a Big Ten championship. That's not definite. No, well, let's stay on this. They'll beat Maryland anyway, but that's neither here nor there. Let's stay. here's, Here's the bottom line of this thing, okay? Tony Petiti is is a very well-respected person, and he's brand new in this role of the Big Ten. But it's impossible not to point out that a a conference is hopelessly conflicted in interest in all of this. Absolutely. Getting a team like Michigan into the national championship game would mean so much money for every school in the conference. And yet he is getting pressure from the other member schools to act in some way here, which is why, as you pointed out, the NCAA, which we've all had our issues with, but as a neutral body in all of this, 
that might really be the way to go to get an answer. Well, you need to have a third-party independent um, group make this uh, decision. Unfortunately, the NCAA does not feel like they have the power or respect that they used to have at one point for people to operate. And this might be the catalyst to get them that power and respect. The issue with the Big Ten levying the punishment is also it feels kind of hasty. Yep. And if kinda. we're talking about two, two games, if the stats that we've looked at that suggest that they are an entirely different team before and after this, if those are real and we find out how much impact these uh, kind of rule-breaking decisions made have had and then the result is two games, it feels like it was worth it. If I'm anybody else in college football, I'm like, all right, let's do our own cheating scandal because all we're going <laughs> to get is two games after we go to the playoffs in two seasons. Right. That's all the Big Ten can levy, to be clear. The right. NCAA could come in. I mean, we've seen. They, they yeah. can do whatever That's they want. Uh, but that is probably a long way down I, the road. They're way ahead, right? They put the cart before the horse here. You can't punish – a, a football team until the investigation is completed. There's, they've gone back and forth. Like, so now you're getting out ahead of your skis here. I, I understand everybody's saying, hey, he, they're guilty, he's guilty, whatever. The truth is you're going to end up punishing players, whether you sit him right now or not, without going through the full investigation. And I get, like, we even made jokes last week, right? The guy pulled his hat down on the sideline, like all of it. And they may all be complicit and may all be fully guilty. But you can't level – punishment and and put somebody as guilty until you do the investigation and go through the process. That's the part that's backwards to me. Until that happens, you're going to suspend him. Okay, don't suspend him or suspend him for the Terps. But otherwise, let him play these two. Let these kids go play for a national. Dominique, go ahead. Yeah, I agree with Dominique. Like, if, if they get only a two-game suspension, which is assuming that everything that has been said is true. be a home run. Then it'd be a home run. So, right. for me, I'm kind of like, all right, well, did they break the rules? If they broke the rules, yes, there deserves to be a punishment. But we can't have it be a trial by public yeah. uh, demeanor or the public outrage where they're saying something needs to be yeah. done. Let's go do it. You have to have due process. If they cheated, they should get punished. Right. Let's figure out how much they cheated, if they cheated in the first mm -hmm. place. And then you don't want to have a suspension and then come back around. And now it's a much longer suspension because we find out more and more information as the investigation goes on. Sometimes I feel the need to remind people because we all sit here and we talk, and sometimes you may forget that, that, that you guys all have all of these experiences. I mean, you won the Heisman Trophy, for right. crying out loud, so no one knows more about college football than you do. How much of an advantage do you think stealing signs actually is? Yeah, I don't think it's much of an advantage at all. If you look at college football today, they've got 75 dudes on the sidelines signaling things in, wearing different hats, having signs going on. Uh, listen, Michael Jordan, everyone knew he was going to shoot the fadeaway. Right. You still had to go out and stop it. Is it right no. Did they break the rules if, if it's proven that they did steal those signs? Then no, it's not right. And that's a total different conversation. But is it an advantage? I personally don't think it is. Yeah, I disagree. I think it's an enormous advantage. Like, there were times when we tried to steal signs and were successful, and it made a difference. And there were times when we tried to steal signs and it did not work. Give me an example. When you steal signs, and what, so what does like, this mean now? In you the course of uh, a game, you will watch the sidelines. Someone will. You yep. may pick up what the signs are. Simply as run or pass, if I can check to a cover four when I know you're passing or a cover two, cover three, or I know it's a pass versus an all-out blitz when you're running, it matters a lot. And in the course of a game, if we can pick up what you are doing, yes, it changes the outcome of a game. But that is in the course of the game, which is completely 
legal. Right. The idea that you could go and advance scout with cameras in your classes, that to me seems absurd and, and is definitely punishable and does impact the outside of the game. We saw the video where he's on the sideline like, run right, pass left. Tell me where the play is going. It's going to be real hard for you to have success if I know exactly where you're going. Now, how many times as a defender did you know a side beforehand, the offense changed that sign, and you told your D-line run right, and they ran left? Oh, yeah. Like, there's times that that happens. So, for me, that is the – it's just the game within the game at that point. But if they broke the rules, yeah. they deserve to be punished. So, let that be clear. And to his point, every team does – operates in stealing of signs. Yes. Just somebody – now, have they gone to these limits where they're going, you know, scouting, advanced scouting, do all this? But at the end of the – at the end of the day – you still have to have due process to get through this thing Thank to you. see what all has happened yeah. and how much punishment should be left. I want to get Graziano in here, and let's talk about the NFL side yeah. of this, right? Because he obviously had a very successful tenure in San Francisco. What is your expectation with him regarding the possibility that at some point he's back in the league? I think it'll come up as it has the last couple of years. But the last couple of years, there were jobs that I think a lot of people thought he was going to get, including him in some cases, that he didn't. So I don't think it's a slam dunk that Jim Harbaugh ends up back in the NFL. I do think there will be teams that will explore it. And there may be a team or two that is willing to do it, but I don't think it's a, it's a completely clean pro- process where like where it might have been five, six years ago where everybody would just throw their doors open and say, yes, what do you want, what do you need in order to come here? I think there are more questions than there used to be. Yeah, I mean, I think there's oh, teams sorry, in the NFL I thought you that, were gonna say something. that oh, yeah, absolutely yeah. would yeah. love to have. <laughs> love to have them. Yeah, yeah, it only takes one. I just, I'm just not sure it's going to be as automatic as, as we might think. He's an offbeat personality. There's no question of that. I've known him 30 years. It doesn't work for everyone. But to your point, you just need one team right. to yeah. say this is the guy that we need. We'll see if that happens. One way or another, what we know for certain is tonight we'll have new rankings. And the exclusive reveal of them will be here on ESPN. The current top 25 recent company will have that, including a live interview for the committee chair that's 7 Eastern tonight on ESPN and the ESPN app. Do not miss First Take coming up next. They are live from Winston-Salem State University. It's Molly, it's Stephen A. Shannon, Pat McAfee, and much, much more. Don't miss it. Top of the hour here on ESPN. We got college hoops tonight on ESPN. Auburn and Baylor coverage begins 9 o'clock Eastern. Our first men's game of the season is on ESPN 9 Eastern. Meanwhile, what other way to go out? Once again, yesterday on the Manning cast, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that's his donkey. What's, it, what's, that, what's he feeding him? What is that? I have no idea. What he's some, some kind of fig cookie. Some kind of fig cookie. Do you donkey? say that like you know that? Is yeah, it a he, fig cookie? He's, he, look at that. that. That donkey is so excited. Look at him. He's so excited. Look at, look at Arnold. <laughs> yeah, baby. Look at there. The joy. Can I ask an honest question to the only person in the room who might know this, Jeff? Is having a donkey in your house a normal thing? I mean, I, I, why is this in the house? I, I don't know, but I'm excited for him. Is it a pet? I mean, it's a pet. Jeff don't keep pets. Jeff's a hunter. He's not a shooter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> no. Not a donkey. Not a donkey. Yeah. I took a He's turn. He's a helper. See you tomorrow. First take now. Come on, get up.